0: Welcome to Love Notes from a Soul Coach, the podcast where we don't shy away from the difficult topics. We dive deep and explore what it means to genuinely, authentically heal. I'm your host, Mary, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's show. Hello there, friends. I want to talk today about the relationship between joy and trauma. They may sound like polar opposites, but I think they're actually deeply connected. Joy is one of the most profound ways we heal trauma, and it's not really mentioned enough in this context. Bringing joy back into our lives, reminding ourselves that it is our birthright to experience joy, and that it is possible for us to find our way back to joy even after catastrophic things have happened. I know that most of us when we think about healing, especially when we're using the words healing and trauma in the same sentence, we think of how heavy the process is, how serious, how hard. But healing trauma is also about cultivating joy because the whole point of healing is so that we can expand and make room for what is light and beautiful and life-giving again. It's so we can reclaim our joy and feel turned on by life and connected again. Unprocessed trauma blocks us from feeling joy. Think of it like plaque building up in the arteries around the heart. How dangerous that is, how painful. There's a cumulative effect of emotions that stay lodged in the body, unable to be worked through. This idea is at the core of somatic therapies and the work of pioneers like Dr. Peter Levine, who teaches how to physically reassure and recondition the body after trauma to feel supported and safe again. And this goes beyond talk therapy, where the painful events can sometimes start to feel worse as we talk about them and reinforce them, to the visceral level of the body, where we can start to literally release what is stuck. When we make joy the orientation of our healing work, we have a target that makes sense and is meaningful to us, something worth fighting for. And when the work we're invested in when it comes to our healing feels purposeful, then we're motivated to keep with it. An affirmation that I worked with for a long time when I was in a dark night of the soul was, I insist on my joy. I can't tell you how this literally lifted my spirit. I insist on my joy. I insist on the idea that there is more to my life than feeling awful and dragging myself through the days, hitting the marks I needed to hit, you know, showing up for my kids, getting my work done, but feeling absolutely joyless inside, just clocking in and clocking out like a robot faking it and barely making it. This affirmation came to me like a divine transmission. I remember the moment very clearly. I was driving through really thick fog on one of my favorite windy roads by the river, and I heard the words in my head, insist on your joy. It was such a clear instruction. Insist on your joy. Don't let it be a nice-to-have. Insist on it. It is essential. There's something that happens when we insist on our joy, and our joy starts to find us again. We feel better, and as we feel better, even just a little bit better, it's like finding the edge of that first tread on the staircase, and now we have something to leverage. Now we can take another step. Now we're climbing. When we don't insist on our joy, we stay in a place that's about getting by, It's never about thriving. It's never about the nectar of life. It's a life of sensible shoes, keeping our heads down, getting our job done with nothing to look forward to beyond the relief of getting done what must be gotten done. And some seasons of our lives are like this. They're not about joy. They're about pressing noses to grindstones. But the soul really hurts in these times and wants to get through them as quickly as possible. Elizabeth Lesser, in her gorgeous book, Broken Open, wrote, We must take seriously the deadness of the soul. I could not agree with this more. The deadness, the dullness of the soul is the body's way of sounding the alarm bells. But instead of a loud noise, it's like there's the absence of noise. It's that kind of eerie silence that comes right before a big storm. The deadness of the soul should be the most unacceptable thing in the world to us. The problem is that we're often not listening and not cooperating with our souls, so we can get stuck in the mud for a bit. We're cooperating with our fears most of the time instead. We're deferring to what our fear says we can and can't do. We're living in the margins, trying not to wake the monster. But when we insist on our joy, something changes, something awakens, and living at the mercy of our fear starts to feel scarier than challenging it. Living a joyless life starts to feel like the bigger fear, the more urgent fear, the kind of fear that can pierce our routine and shake us up and get us thinking about how to change It can put us in direct contact with the fleetingness of life in a way that makes us really want to genuinely, authentically live and take chances on the behalf of our soul. Friends, I would never interrupt our time together unless there was something legitimately important to share, and this definitely qualifies. Did you know that your conscious mind is only steering the ship 5% of the time? That's right, 5%. That means 95% of the time, we're operating out of our subconscious minds. And this is what makes healing so challenging for us. We have to access that deeper subconscious mind if we want to reprogram our negative limiting beliefs and live more empowered, joyful lives. So how do we do this? We do it through affirmation work affirmation work is one of the most powerful ways to accelerate your healing and take your life to the next level. I've been engaged with this work passionately for over a decade now, and it's my great pleasure to be able to share it with you. So if you head over to my website, marywelch.com, and visit the meditation section, you can choose between nine different guided meditations each based on a specific pain point, like the desire to release difficult feelings or toxic relationships, or generate more wealth or self-love in your life. Each meditation is a collection of positive affirmations recorded with corresponding solfeggio hertz frequencies to optimize your listening experience and open your heart and mind to receive these messages and begin integrating them into your subconscious mind where they can replace your negative beliefs over time. It is my deep joy to share this work with you. I hope you'll experience great healing from this offering. Head on over to marywelch.com when you get a chance and check it out. So what does joy look like for you in your life? This is not something we usually think about consciously, is it? Joseph Campbell wrote, the way to find out about your happiness is to keep your mind on those moments when you feel most happy, when you're really happy, not excited, not just thrilled, but deeply happy. This requires a bit of self-analysis. What is it that makes you happy? Stay with it, no matter what people tell you. This is what I call following your bliss. I did a little experiment once when I was deep in the trenches of this particular part of my own healing. I made a list of as many experiences as I could remember where I felt real, undeniable, full-hearted joy. At first, I was just writing down the really big, obvious things like when my children were born, when we moved to our house post-divorce, when my first book was published. But then certain memories started to come up that surprised me. Like I remembered meeting a friend in the city for lunch and he was waiting for me at the front of the restaurant, but I came in through the side door and he turned around as I was walking toward him and started walking toward me. And we met in the middle of the restaurant, which was totally hectic. And we hugged and he said, hello you. And I realized in doing this exercise that the reason that moment was coming up for me so vividly was because I felt loved. My joy was connected very specifically to feeling like somebody was waiting for me. Somebody wanted to see me. I mattered to them and they mattered to me. And the memory of standing in the middle of tables and waitstaff and noise, but feeling like, this is my person. We're old friends and we're on this little island of our friendship while everything else swirls around us. That was deep, real joy to me. It was so helpful to do this exercise, to write down moments in life when there was joy. Try it out for yourself. See if you can do an autopsy on these memories for yourself. What was happening? How did you feel? What made that memory joyful for you? In another one of my memories, The circumstances were really out of the ordinary. A friend and I were traveling and we got a crazy upgrade on our hotel room. And when I flashed back as I was adding it to my list, I felt a little pang of concern, like am I saying I need opulence to feel joy? But when I broke it down, my joy that day was about feeling rich, feeling extravagant, not having or being those things not at all about some kind of achievement, just the specialness of who I was with and this really beautiful environment we wound up in. Joy is less about having all the goodies and more about just feeling abundance. It's the feeling of enough when we're able to relax into the moment and fully appreciate everything that's happening exactly as it is. The ego taking a break, from its incessant reaching for more, wanting more. Joy is the absence of worry, the absence of stress, resistance, fear. Joy is when we're in our authenticity and our worthiness. Joy is when we feel connected, when that gap of perceived separateness is closed. There's some degree of surrender in joy, a kind of letting go, that we may not even intend to do, but it just kind of happens when we feel a surge of joy and gladness and we realize we're flying through the moment with no trapeze bar and no parachute. We're just being held by joy itself. I think joy and gratitude are very similar in that they push everything else aside. It's impossible to feel grateful and fearful at the same time, and it's impossible to feel joyful and negative at the same time. What I also noticed about my list as I was writing it was that the joyful moments felt hyper real in my mind, like they were lit with stage lights. They were kind of marked in my psyche as these exceptional times when I was extremely present. That sense of being fully present does feel like a necessary ingredient for joy. Or maybe joy is the natural byproduct that comes when we're ultra-present. I'm not sure. I just know that I've never been casually joyful. When I'm experiencing joy, I've dissolved into the present moment. I'm completely here and nowhere else. And I think this is why people who meditate regularly talk about having more joy and more peace in their lives because they're training their mind to be present. And there's something to this when it comes to our capacity for joy. So I invite you to try this exercise, making a list of your joyful memories, analyzing the anatomy of your joy. Do you notice any patterns A pattern that emerged for me was feeling joyful about big accomplishments in my life, feeling a sense of pride, not egoic pride, but really tender self-witnessing pride. Like it didn't matter if anyone else knew what I'd gone through to make it to where I'd made it to. It was enough that I'd taken the journey within myself. As we engage with exercises like this, making lists and looking for patterns, what we're really doing is putting together a roadmap. Now we know the ingredients. Now we can begin to actively, intentionally set the stage for cultivating joy in our lives. I know that joy is not a straightforward recipe. It's more mercurial and mysterious than that. And I know we can't manufacture it just because we have an idea of the parts involved but we can know that big parts of joy are presence and appreciation. So when we make an effort to be present and to appreciate the little moments throughout our days, we're sending a signal to joy. We're saying, I'm right here, come find me again. Come land on me like a butterfly on a petal. We're showing joy through our stillness and our intention and our wholeheartedness, that we're here. We're right here waiting to be found. We're insisting, no matter what we've been through, no matter how dark, how hard, we're insisting that joy is our birthright and we're determined to live in alignment with it. Thanks for spending the time with me today. And if you heard something that resonated, please consider liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast so it can find its way to other ears out there. To learn more about my work and my latest offerings, visit me at marywelch.com or on Instagram at marywelchofficial. Till next time, friends.